You are Locked On Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, hello everybody. Josh Neighbors here, Locked On Big 12 Podcast. I look like I'm homeless. Uh, I kind of feel that way tonight. I'm, I'm tired. I'm exhausted. Got some ridiculous topics to talk about. To my right, it is Stephen Simcox. He is the host of Locked On Horn Frogs podcast. Below him, it is Jake Hatch. He is the host of Locked On Cougars podcast. And then to Jake's left, it is John Williams. He is the host of Locked On Sooners podcast. Uh, we have college football playoff rankings to get to tonight. Uh, let's look ahead to the weekend and check in on TCU and their head coaching search and everybody's favorite segment, TCU Corner. Um, but the first piece of news we have to talk about comes from my serious XM colleague, Tom Luganville, who went on, I'm not sure what podcast it was. Uh, John, what podcast was this? Did you know? I don't even know where it landed. I just saw it coming across my timeline and different group chats and people tagging me, asking me if I heard anything about it. And yeah. So Tom Luganville, who I worked with on Sunday, and I'll get to that in a second, um, today made a comment on some podcast that he said some doesn't feel right, and I, he would not be surprised if Lincoln Riley was the head coach at LSU. Now, on Saturday, on Sunday, excuse me, Sunday morning, I worked with Tom. We had Josh Bate and Blake Kick, 24-7 Sports on, and he said the same thing, that not the way that Tom said it, but he basically said, look, something feels off about OU right now, and I would not be surprised if we find out after the season's over that something has been going on. He did not say that he believes, you know, he did not say I wouldn't be shocked if Lincoln's the head coach. To me, I more read it as I wouldn't be surprised if Lincoln had kicked the tires in the job or something along that line. Now, I will say this. I do have it on, on pretty good authority from somebody I do trust that LSU's number one target is Lincoln Riley. That is who they want. All right. That is who they are targeting. Um, so I think that's where this conversation starts and also started a real, it, it also kind of sparked a good conversation that I'm going to ask your all's opinions on here in a second about LSU and Oklahoma. But John, your reaction when you heard this today, uh, just kind of off the top right here. I mean, it's that time of year again where Lincoln Riley is going to get mentioned with any big time coaching job, whether it's the NFL or college. We've seen it over the last several years with the Dallas Cowboys, Cleveland Browns, name a high-profile college coaching job, and, and he's going to get named alongside it. Yes, I, I do believe LSU is obviously interested in him. There's too much smoke there to not be a little bit of fire. But I, I think that it's in as much as, hey, Lincoln, how much money would it take for us to get you to come here? And Lincoln maybe took a actual, actually took a trip to go talk to him and say, here's the amount of money that it would take me to come here but not really ever really entertaining the idea that he might go to LSU. Um, you know, he came out today in his press conference and said, Hey, we've been through this before. You know how I feel about the place. I, I'm the coach at Oklahoma. Now you and yeah, I, 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 was, the I wasn't too inspired with I wasn't yeah. too inspired with those comments. I, mean, I wasn't too inspired by so, them. So another person pointed out that potentially this is just him trying to hold the university up for another, another raise. And, I mean, it's that time of year again, like I said, where he's going to get mentioned and maybe it's that time for him to get a little bit of a raise. I mean, I just don't see it, man. He's got a he's got the top 10 recruiting class coming in 2022. He's got a number one recruiting class already for 2023. And he just he just is now breaking in his you know true freshman quarterback. I can't imagine that he's going to just jump ship 
after making the big you know, quarterback change and not see the Caleb Williams thing through that would just, it would, it would honestly surprise me. It really would. And you're not alone in that. You are not alone in that. Jake, what do you think? Well, and that, that's the thing about this is right now out here in Provo, Kalani Sataki is being mentioned all up and down the West coast. You can look at USC. You can look at Washington. I've even heard Kalani Sataki mentioned as a guy that LSU should kick the tires on. So <laughs> Lincoln Riley is not alone. Uh, I understand it. I am with Josh. Kalani's got a good thing going here in Provo. He's been a fan of BYU his entire life. He lived his dream playing for Lavelle Edwards here at BYU. So it's a similar situation, I think, with Lincoln Riley and Kalani Satake. Why would you jump now just when you got things going? Fair. It's very fair. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna pitch this to Steven, because Steven has not been has not been he has not heard any any side of the argument John and I had earlier. Uh, Steven, to you, which job do you think is a better job, LSU or Oklahoma? LSU. Now, I'll say this. I feel like they're very similar. They both have a stranglehold on their state from a recruiting standpoint. They both dip into Texas heavily. LSU's right there in the Houston pipeline. Oklahoma, obviously, right there in the Metroplex, and then go down just about anywhere in the state they want. Uh, the reason I would give LSU the edge is – Honestly, because I think this, this sounds weird, but I feel like L- Oklahoma moving to the SEC kind of works against them. I feel like they're head and shoulders better than anybody in the Big 12, just like has a higher ceiling. It's a better job. Um, they own that conference, right? Like LSU in the SEC West, that is the meat grinder of all meat grinders. But they're established there. Um, you know, they get kids to play there because of that. They know what it takes to compete at that level. Uh, both schools have all the resources they want, so I don't really feel like there's an advantage in facilities or donors. Like, I don't know enough about who has the deeper pockets. I don't think it really matters. I feel like both are going to pony up for whatever th- the coach wants if the coach can win. Um, but, yeah, I think LSU is a slightly better job. And, I mean, it, would I be surprised if Lincoln Riley was like, no, thanks, I'm just going to stay right here? No. Uh, but this is one of the five or six jobs in the country that I feel like he would take the phone call and at least listen, whether that's because of money, whether it's because he wants a new challenge. Like this is not, this is not me indicting Lincoln Riley's character at all. But anytime I hear a coach say anything about an opening, I assume that they're lying. And like, that's just, that's just the game. I I don't think any of them tell the truth about this stuff Um, or, you know, plausible deniability. Like, yeah, I didn't speak to the school, you know, it's all going on through back channels, whatever they have to say to kind of save face. But well, um, question: Did you believe? Did you believe? Uh, I'm totally blanking. Who is the coach of the Steelers? Somebody help me. Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin. Did we Tomlin. believe Mike Tomlin though? Is he the exception? Do we believe him? I kind of believe Mike Tomlin when he when he when he made his comments. When, when yeah, that's mainly just because I'm scared of him, so I, I don't want to question Mike Tomlin. <laughs> when you're the third head coach that that franchise has had in the last 50 years, I tend to believe him. Yeah, this it's like because here's the thing: is like people say so. Cowboys are kind of America's team. I'd say like the two teams that are like America's team light are actually the Steelers and Packers because everywhere I've been in this country, it feels like there are a, a boatload of Steelers and Packers fans. So like those jobs aside, I, I do want to, I do want to say this. I think maybe what colors our opinion of Oklahoma is that like, if you say what's a better job. Okay. Like I think the fact that Oklahoma's got Lincoln kind of almost puts my view of them even with LSU if that makes sense. Like I, I almost kind of factor the Lincoln Riley aspect of it into it when I look at Oklahoma. And here is my 
here is my thought of why I think LSU is a better job. No matter how hard Lincoln Riley has tried, he's gotten some really awesome recruiting classes. Guys, I was at that 2019 national semifinal, man, and there was a difference in the caliber of player on the field from what Oklahoma had and what LSU had. And I this year we thought maybe that gap would be bridged. It turns out we we were wrong on the defensive end. We were we were wrong. It was not, and I really didn't think it was gonna be bridged. We were not there though. And if I'm Lincoln, I'm wondering, John, is there a certain point where you say? Man, like I can't bridge this. Like that's one of those gaps too. Like it, it's so hard to bridge. I mean, because we're talking, you're at the top, but you're not all the way at the top, and like it's that extra little gap there from the from the from the Oklahomas and the Oregons, all the way up to a Alabama to an LSU. I mean, Alabama's LSU's won three Nash titles in the last dec- uh, two decades. Three separate coaches. They won a NAS championship with a coach that they're firing two years later. And that's just a testament to the level of talent they can bring in to go play there. And so that to me is the difference. While Oklahoma is an awesome job, it's one of, in my opinion, one of the five best jobs in the country. Like LSU to me is one of the two it's one of the two best jobs, in my opinion, of college football. I think that I mean, if you take away Alabama, if you take away Nick Saban from Alabama, I still feel like, you know. Like LSU and Alabama, man, that's probably one and two to me in terms of the best jobs. So that's just that's just my thought. It's it's like they're close; they're both top five, but LSU to me is just a little bit better because that recruiting. Yeah, I mean, I guess you gotta you gotta ask yourself what are you looking for in a program and in a job. Mm-hmm. I think one of the things that gives Oklahoma, one of the things that's a strength for Oklahoma is the leadership in the athletic department. You know, Joe Castiglione, he's a patient man. He does mm-hmm. not he does not overreact to a down season. I mean, I think they could have gotten impatient with Bob Stoops at some point in, you know, in the last, you know, 10 years during the Blake Bell, Trevor Knight era, but they hang on, they hung on because it's Bob Stoops. Um, I mean, it's, I think we're just kind of like, like mincing hair or I can't think of the splitting phrase hairs. right now. Yeah. We're splitting hairs here. You know, if we're talking, they're both top five jobs, then it's like, okay, now you're talking about you're in the same tier at least. I think this is part of the reason they're making the move to the SEC is they feel like this is going to help them, at least on the defensive side of the football in recruiting, whether that plays out, I don't know. Um, You know, they, they've still, they're still making, you know, headway on the defensive side. You know, it's, it's taking some time to at least get the five-star recruits, you know, that they're getting with the Gabriel uh, Brownlow Dindy on the defensive side of the football. So I don't know. I mean, I can sit here and argue for Oklahoma being a better Mm -hmm. job, it, it to me a lot of it just depends on perspective i can see lsu's being a great job i just don't know if that's a, a fan base that's as patient maybe as one in norman um although it's getting a little more impatient. the answer is they're not um this year <laughs> and, and, i was gonna say know, tracker says they're not tracker yeah, says yeah, no <laughs> you know and I, you know i think it, i think it's in the upper tier or at least like it's in that tier of elite traditional college football powers um, that that is going to draw whether it's you know you like Alabama LSU you know we used to think USC I don't even know if that's the case anymore mm-hmm. uh, you know Michigan Ohio State these these upper tier programs that I think that's where Oklahoma belongs but I mean I don't know it it's like Steven said I mean these coaches make moves all the time and and they're never really held accountable to anything that they say so. I would be, like I said, I'd be really shocked and I'd be really disappointed um, if Lincoln Riley made this move, knowing that they're going to be jumping to the SEC in the next year or two years. It, it would be really, really shocking to me. And um, 
yeah, really disappointing because he seems like a guy that is entrenched. And part of the reason he hasn't made a move to the NFL, like when the Dallas Cowboys job did come available, you know, that was one of those things where, or even before it came available, people, a lot of people thought maybe this is the guy that they're going to go after. And if they didn't get him, that's when Jason Garrett kind of got that one extra year to see what he could do in that final year where he was still under contract. Um, but to make that move now just seems really, really odd timing. Um, but again, money talks and you, you'd hate to think that a guy like Lincoln Riley is going to be swayed by the money, but LSU could go as deep as anybody in the pocketbooks. And yeah, so we'll see. I, I feel like for a lot of OU fans, that'd be like robbing Peter to pay Paul. Cause there's so many OU fans that are Dallas Cowboy fans. If that, if that move had happened. Yeah. 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 They went to the play with coach Cowboys. Like that would have been, been. Right. I kept telling, I kept telling Cowboys fans to quit messing with my, my, my college football team. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I think you're totally wrong. I think you're spot on. Like, I think we could all see him taking that job. I mean, here's the, the consensus right now is like nobody actually thinks he's going to take it at this point in time. Um, you know, when, once again, I have it on good authority. They want him badly. Why wouldn't they? They should target the top candidates. Whether they get it or not, it's a big question. Let's move on to some college ball t- playoff talk here, uh, fellas. But before we do, let's get a word in from our sponsors. This is it. It's the putt to win the tournament. If you sink it, the championship is yours. But on your backswing, your hat falls over your eyes. Is this how you are running your business? Poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software to see the full picture. You need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. Over 27,000 businesses use NetSuite and right now, through the end of the year, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind financing program to those ready to upgrade at netsuite.com slash NCAA. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-N-C-A-A. Head to netsuite.com slash NCAA for a special end-of-year financing. Uh, right now, it's netsuite.com slash NCAA. AA today as I get our friend Jake back up and running. There he is. He is back on. Uh, let's see. Uh, whoa, one, one more thing. One more word from our friends at Prize Picks. You guys know Prize Picks, best place to play that daily fantasy for college. If you took the over on Oklahoma quarterback passing yards this week, did not hit. If you took the over on Chandler Morris passing yards this week, uh, did not hit, right, Stephen? I'm 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 almost positive that over probably didn't hit. Whatever that did not hit. No, 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 <laughs> in the no, no, number no. did not hit. Uh, this week, you go to Prize Picks right now. Use the promo code Locked On. That's L O C K E D O N Locked On, and you get a hundred uh, percent deposit match for your uh, up to a hundred bucks today uh, at Prize Picks. So go check out the app. Download that today. Available in most states. All right, friends, let's get to it. We've got our college football playoff rankings as I pull these up right now. All right, there we go. There are your rankings that were released tonight. So we'll go to the top. Steven, I'm going to you first. You got a good look at the number nine team of the country this week, the Oklahoma State Cowboys. And boy, are they, they look like they're in great form. Um, Eddie Radosevich made a great point. I know, John, you're familiar with him, but he made a great point on Twitter that if you put a Clemson logo, if you put, you know, and pick your one of the middle team that competes, Notre Dame logo, next to Oklahoma State's resume, they would be a top five team for sure. Do you agree with that, Stephen? 
Oh, yeah. I mean, this, like, that was a masterclass they put on Saturday night. And I was thankful that the mighty Kansas Jayhawks beat Texas because that was about the only thing <laughs> that kept everyone from watching that national broadcast on Fox. That was a disaster. One of my loyal listeners who I love, his name is uh, Dave. He tweeted at me the other day and he was like, I need you to be more positive about things. And I was like, how am I supposed to be positive <laughs> about losing 63 to 17? Like that, <laughs> no. That's like the dude, that's like the people that built the Titanic. If they were like, you know what? They never talk about how beautiful the boat was. It's, <laughs> it's hard to do that when it's at the bottom of the ocean. And that was a, a bad, bad game on Saturday. But Oklahoma State is really, really good. Um, that defense is physical. They get after you. Man. They ran the ball like crazy. Spencer Sanders looked in control. I know it was a bad TCU defense he was facing, but he really didn't make any mistakes. Um, they just have a, a clear identity. They know what they want to do. And it's really funny. I mean, it's rare. Like you see, you saw Nick Saban do this a while back where he was just like, okay, you guys want to spread the ball out and throw it all around? Fine, I'll do it. Like I'll do it and, and we'll sh I'll show you who has actually boss here. But Alabama still had a pretty clear um, path and what they wanted to go. And it was still, you know, very Nick Saban oriented and the identity stayed the same. I really can't think of a comparison for what Mike Gundy has done where he's gone from like, offensive guru, high-flying, we're going to score at will and figure it out at the end to what they're doing right now. But it, it's it's working. And, um, yeah, I mean, they, they lost on the road to Iowa State, who is not as good as we thought they would be before the season, but they're still a pretty salty football team. Um, so I, I definitely at home think – At home, too, at home, which they're yeah. pretty good against Big 12 teams, yeah. I definitely think that uh, if if it was Clemson, if it was Georgia, Alabama, take your pick of brand name school, they'd be sitting up there right in the mix to to be in the top four and be in the college football playoff. I also I also want to note here um, that <laughs> I also want to note that like you you were so right about the about him being more progressive part of it, and I, I guess as far as dudes who love OAN and wear OAN shirts go. Um, most progressive one out there probably wearing an OAN shirt, right? He showed the ability to adapt and accept yeah. changes that had to be made. Uh, not not normally <laughs> the type, not only the type of guy that does those kinds of things, but boy, they pound the rock. And here's the, it's like you can almost pencil in Spencer Sanders every single. Week. And I mean, I, I thought, I guess I always thought of him as like the high ceiling guy, right? I think we all did. The guy who could swing it around, all those kind of mm -hmm. things. Like you could just, John, you didn't. No. But that talent, come on. He's a college bus driver, man. I, that's what I'm saying he is now. He's a this college is a bus driver. Yeah, this he is a totally does. different podcast. But I like. I think Spencer Sanders is a good quarterback. Maybe maybe it's because I'm a little Stockholm Syndrome because my quarterback <laughs> play has been so bad for so long at TCU. But Spencer Sanders gets it done. He does. No, but here's, but here's what I'm saying. Like for a guy that was like, okay, can we hit a ceiling? Can we hit a ceiling? And he put up a couple like, you know, six for 15s up there. Like now you can basically pencil him in for 17 for 25, you know, for about 220, 250 yards and touchdown. He's going to run for a little bit for you too. And he's going to manage the offense. Take care of the football. He will. He's also going to throw one interception. Yeah. He's going he's gonna to throw the one interception. It just matters. What, he didn't throw one against TCU though. It's just going to matter when he throws the interception yeah. and how much it's going to. Yeah, it's going to hurt your football team. Go ahead, Steve. Yeah, yeah, what it reminds me of, and this Oklahoma State team is better than the team I'm going to talk about, but in 2017, TCU kind of did this with Kenny Hill. Like, they just sort of reined him in a little bit, and they they took the the gunslinger away, made him more of a, you know, run-oriented offense, use some quick, easy throws to stay within himself. 
And their ceiling wasn't as high because they, they just didn't have the playmakers or the defense that Oklahoma State has. But um, there's a formula there for success if, if they can continue to play like this. They're really, really good. Uh, all right, let's see if we – Jake, you there? We got you, buddy. I am back. Sorry about that. Are you good? No worries. Uh, I want to ask you about our good old friend Gary Farda. Uh, right now, got to show. Always got to show Gary Farda. Um, so you see these rankings tonight, and he made the justification for Michigan being ahead of Michigan State. If you throw out the head-to-head uh, and look yeah. at the analytics, then why is Ohio State not ahead of Oregon? Can you explain this one to me? Well, that, that's the thing about this is they're 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 making up the rules as they go along. So. They're going to justify it how they want. As I've offstated about this, this is an invitational. It's a TV show. They want the biggest properties in those slots to draw the most eyeballs. It's it's what they're trying. That's what they're going for. I fully expect to be in that final four in some form or fashion. Oregon, if they keep winning, they'll stay in there. But they're going to try and force Michigan in there if at all possible because they know how big of a fan base the Wolverine. And then a quick note there on BYU, just behind Oklahoma, still at 14, probably right where they should be. Uh, thoughts on your Cougs as we move into the last couple of games? Uh, off for a bye week this past week. They will be headed to Georgia Southern this week. And if they want to, I think, have any chance at moving up here, they're going to have to put some style points on the board. They're going to have to really blow out the Eagles. Uh, Kalani Satake, it's not really necessarily his nature to run up the score, but I think in this instance, if he wants his team to make it inside that top 12, they're probably going to have to really put up a bunch of points the next two games. They got Georgia Southern this week, USC next week. You're going to have to probably blow out them if you want to make the move you're looking for. And then, John, Oklahoma at 13. Do you feel like they fell a bit too far? Ole Miss, Baylor ahead of them, obviously. Thoughts on being 13th? Yeah, I mean, I don't have much problem with it. Ole Miss had a big win over Texas A&M. They had to fall behind Baylor because of the head-to-head. There's the one head-to-head that they get right. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it is what it is. I think it's it's a – I mean, Oklahoma can't really complain. They went out there in the biggest game of their season thus far and laid an egg. They didn't show up against a Baylor Bears team that was much more physical than Oklahoma was, which has definitely got the old guys really, really upset. Uh, the the inventors of the Oklahoma drill could not be more physical than <laughs> Baylor on defense, offense, the offensive line, at the catch point, at the top of their routes, anywhere. And so, I mean, honestly, I'm honest, I'm, I'm surprised they didn't fall a little bit further. I kind of was in my mind projecting them to go to about 15, um, so 13, mm. just kind of like. But at this point, it really doesn't matter. I mean, even if they went out, I, I have a really hard time thinking they're going to make the college football playoff, even if they get a ton of help from the, the guys at the top. Yeah, I'm with you on that. And I just want to mention one more thing about the game last week and kind of just quickly get your thought. Um, I think the reason why people are saying something's off is because they came off a bye week and they got handled by a team that just had Chandler Morris spray the ball over all, all, you know, all around them. And they got handled. I think that's why people are saying something was off. And yeah. I, I'm, not, I'm not sure it's an unfair thing to say. No, it's it's definitely one of the criticisms. I mean, how do you go two weeks to prepare for beat for Baylor and then not show up? It, it's definitely really questionable. But they, I mean, they've had issues all year long, honestly, especially with practice. Alex Grinch has mentioned it several times mm-hmm. in his yes. in his press conferences that we have guys that don't believe in practice. Well, we value practice. Uh, practice wasn't good this week. We're not focused. I mean, he, he's mentioned it several times, and so there's definitely something up with uh, the way this team prepares. Um, 
and, but I think honestly, I think it's just Baylor. Like Baylor showed up. Oklahoma wasn't ready for a, a physical Baylor Bears team. I think the team that, that we saw against TCU wasn't necessarily an accurate representation of what Baylor is. Um, I mean, TCU played a great game in that one, but they, they were a different animal. I mean, they were they came out fired up, ready to play, and had a really good game plan. Dave Aranda just has a really good game plan for what to do against Lincoln Riley as well, and, and Oklahoma just didn't have an answer. Uh, all right, guys, one more quick word from our sponsors here. Today's show is brought to you by betonline.ag. Go to betonline.ag today. You can find uh, the best lines available, the lines that we use here on this show when we do pick, uh, when I pick the spreads at the end of the week. Uh, new updated interface that they've got. You can go to betonline on your phone, on your computer, on your iPod Touch. I know Steven's still using the iPod Touch over there in that household. His kids That's right. Him. His kids are all on betonline.ag on their iPod touches to the running around and doing. Uh, you can go to betonline today. Use the promo code locked on. That's L O C K E D O N locked on. And you will receive a 50% deposit bonus today upon your first deposit. So betonline, it's where the game starts. All right, let's check in, Stephen. Uh, TCU corner, it's TCU coaching corner more this week is what we're going to do here. So there was some speculation today that Virginia Tech pulled the trigger on on firing Justin Fuente because they wanted to beat potentially TCU to the Billy Napier punch. I don't think I, – I saw that and I was like – okay, I'm a Virginia Tech fan here, so that's coming from me. Mm-hmm. I don't think Virginia Tech's a better job than TCU. I really don't think that, that – that, I think TCU's a better job. Am I crazy? No, I'd agree with that. I mean, you know, Virginia Tech, obviously, big school, passionate fan base. Um, I think the ACC, it, there's some parity there. Like, you could get them to a level where they could compete with Clemson in a few years, potentially. But um, I think TCU's a better job. Here's here's kind of my read on the TCU coaching situation. Um, the Deion Sanders dream is apparently dead, which God. I, I know some people were excited about that. Um, and I was excited for the memes, you know, once, once he actually had to coach the team, I feel like my mood would be a little bit different, but you know, the lead up to it would have been a lot of fun. Uh, but yeah, I think you're right, Josh. I, my, from what I am hearing and just kind of the way I feel, uh, I think they're all in on Billy Napier right now. Here's the tricky thing about that and, and sort of the timing. So Virginia tech came open today, which I agree with you. I don't think that's a bigger threat, but uh, so, okay, so LSU, say they get turned down at prom like three times. They don't get Lincoln. They don't get Jimbo. Does suddenly their focus go to Billy? Um, we'll see if – I know – I listen, Florida, Dan Mullen, he put up 70 on Samford. I'd say keep him around for a couple more years, but I think they might be out on, on Dan as well. So that job could come open. Um, so if you swing and miss there, I, I also know – that SMU and Sonny Dykes are starting to get a little restless. Like SMU wants an answer here, uh, and Sonny doesn't want to be fourth option, you know, for for the TCU Horn Frogs. So I think there's some momentum that an extension could get done there. Uh, and then if that happens and you miss on Napier, all of a sudden you're down your list. Maybe to Tony Elliott, offensive coordinator at Clemson, which I still think mm-hmm. would be a good hire, but would be pretty underwhelming um, considering – you were in the Billy Napier sweepstakes, if that's true, and if that's Get Dave you know, valid. 
Dave Clawson, you know, that name really hasn't come up. I, I like him a lot. Um, yeah, Chad was. Yeah, I think he's at three East Yeah, there's, there's a lot of guys that I like that those names haven't really surfaced. But it seems like they are, they are really going for the Billy Napier sweepstakes, which I'm all for if you can land him. But if you don't and he decides, hey, I want an SEC job or I'd rather stay at Louisiana for another couple seasons, uh, then you, you kind of have a quandary. So I, I hope that. TCU has a, a backup plan. I'm sure they do. They've been on this for weeks now. Like they let Gary go uh, almost three weeks ago at this point. I'm, I'm sure they've thought through this scenario more than I have, but uh, it's uh, it's an interesting situation that they've kind of put themselves in with not being able to get a deal done before, you know, the, the season's over. Why is it, why isn't unless you just calling Dave Aranda and being like, Dave, what's it going to take to get you back? Like, I know he's yeah. not like wacky enough to be like, this is, we're going to have some fun and be crazy. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, like the, the thing is if they wanted to lean in, you know, here's the thing. If they wanted to lean in and just be more like coach O, they'd go for Lane Kiffin and they go for Hugh Freeze, right? Both of those guys seem like they'd be right out the kind of crazy fun alley, whatever. It, it The one guy, I mean, Dave Aranda's temperament does not make sense there. I, I, I understand that, but like, I, this is a good point I've, I've heard brought up a lot how often are there coaches in this business that like learn from their mistakes and can you say like are evolving like it's so clear that dave aranda learns from his mistakes and evolves and that's what i want with my football coach and i I think also he's so even keeled in a conference that is just bananas all the time like like we need some of that i I know like jimbo is a very good coach but, you know, he's – if you ever hear him talk, he is a very fast talker. It, it seems like he just drank three Diet Cokes, right? And so it just feels like it's one of those things where it's like – John, it feels like you're with me on this. Like, they should call Dave Aranda and be like and, – and, and seriously, they should consider him as a head coach candidate. You want a title there as defensive coordinator. I mean, that's a good enough connection for me. And he's he's done well enough to – it's like, okay, this transition, it didn't, it didn't look great in the beginning, but he clearly learned – and made the requisite adjustments. Yeah, I think it's a, a fit that makes a lot of sense. I love it because Dave Aranda's got a history there. I hate it because Oklahoma's going to the SEC, so we'd have to see Dave Aranda again yearly. Um, but I, I think it makes a lot of sense. And and maybe they need to go against the grain, against the wacky Ed Orgeron kind of mentality and go with somebody who's even kill pretty understated. He's not somebody who's going to be like inspiring the fan base, but if you're LSU, do you really need your fan base all that inspired by your head coach? Mm. No, you're going to show up every Saturday to Baton Rouge, regardless of who's at the helm. Like he's not there to make inspirational speeches to get the fan base excited. He's there to put the best football product on the field he can. And, and I think, I think he would be a great kind of like turn the page from the Ed Ogeron kind of scandal and drama and antics, you know, he's not going to be going into UCLA saying some of the things that Ed said, you know, like he's going to just get his football team ready to play. Yeah. You want the guy, you know, yeah. Like, Hey, look, I'm here to, I'm here to show up and send Jalen Petrie and tell, you know, Bernard yes. after your ass. Like that's what I'm yep. doing. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm doing. Send Terrell Bernard yep. and Jalen Petrie at you and get after your ass. That, that's what he does. And also, He's probably going to bring Jeff Grimes with him, which like, you know, I don't think Jeff Grimes is very long for being an a, a assistant. I think we can all agree that Jeff Grimes is I, Jake. I, I know you've gotten to see this up, up close and personal too. He's not long well, for the assistant ranks, is he? And, and Grimey's got, he, he coached at LSU. He was the offensive line coach mm. there. So he's got right. history there in Baton Rouge. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think it'd be good. It'd be it'd be a good fit. Uh, also, uh, Jake, on, on the kind of the West Coast side of things, um, is there any chance you think USC and Washington could kind of dip into the middle part of the country towards the East Coast in their coaching searches? Well, the Aranda thing is interesting because he's a California native. There, so mm-hmm. it'd be. I know that I know it's Hollywood. I USC, and he is like you said. He's not a flashy dude. He's not. He's not the Pete Carroll. <laughs> but he's a Dodgers fan. Apparently, I'm with he's John. A Dodgers fan. He's, he's a Dodgers fan who just wins football games, and he's done a good mm-hmm. job there at Baylor. I, I'm USC. I dip into that. I think Washington is going to stick to a West Coast person. Somebody out here has got connections to the West Coast. You never say never. Yeah, I'm with you on that. All right, guys, let's go to our uh, – what are you looking forward to this week? So you get to pick a game you're looking forward to, can be in the conference, can be outside of the conference, and you get to do your sickos game of the week. I'll go first. You guys can have a little bit of time to get your you-know-what together. Um, just to let you guys know, so I'm not sure if you guys follow Sickos Committee on Twitter. Uh, it's at Sickos Committee. They kind of do things in this, in this area. Uh, they have nominated a Big 12 game as their Sickos Committee game of the week. Texas in West Virginia. We didn't even text and talk about Texas, but we, you know that's a whole different can of worms. Uh, but I'll, I just wanted to shout out the Sicko Boys uh, for putting that one in there. What I'm looking for this week, guys, Wake Forest can clinch a 10-win season, can clinch an outright ACC Atlantic title, and uh, book their trip to the ACC championship game this weekend if they go on the road and they can beat Clemson in Death Valley at high noon, uh, I am so pumped for this game. My dad's Wake Forest alum, so he and I will be watching um, very, very carefully. I was going to say Miami versus Virginia Tech was going to be my sickos game if Justin Fuente was still intact, uh, but he is not, so I'm not going to nominate um, that game. Let's see. I'm trying. I'm, I'm desperately trying to find a sickos game of the week. Does anybody else want to filibuster until I find? Oh, we have ourselves a. No, I don't have one. Never mind. I lied. All right, uh, you guys can go ahead. Steven, you're up first. I'll just come back to them. The sickos one to round it out. Yeah, I mean, for the game I'm looking forward to, I'll stay in the conference. Uh, Baylor, Kansas State. This will be a fun one. You know, K State. I think quietly is playing really well. And Baylor, I wouldn't say they have a problem on the road, but both their losses have been away from McLean Stadium. One of them made a lot of sense, losing Oklahoma State in the Stillwater. The other one, a loss to TCU, didn't really make much sense. So coming off an emotional win against Oklahoma, curious to see how they come out against a well-coached, solid K-State team. And my Sickos game of the week, I mean, I'll stay right at home, baby. The coveted 3 p.m. kick on ESPN+. Plus. <laughs> TCU and Kansas, the Jayhawks trying to get a winning streak going. Jerry Kill basically came out and said today, everyone's injured. We're all, you know, our pets' heads are falling off. I don't know who's <laughs> playing this week. I'm not sure who quarterback's going to be. I think Chandler Morse is going to go. Uh, but, yeah, that's a good one. If you don't have ESPN+, Plus, pay for a month just to watch TCU-Kansas because that'll be a, a good matchup in Fort Worth on Saturday. All right. Jake? I was actually going to pick TCU Kansas as my game of the week, just because I want to see what Kansas can do for a follow up after beating <laughs> uh, Texas and Austin. So that's my that's my game of the week. Sicko's game of the week for me: Washington, Colorado. Washington mm-hmm. just fired Jimmy Lake. They're all putrid. Same with Colorado's can score. First one to ten might win that game. All right, John. 
there's so much good college football this weekend. There is a crazy, right? Like I'm, I'm sitting there scrolling down and I'm looking through the list and I'm like, there's about six or seven different games that I really, really want to watch. And you got Michigan state and Ohio state. That's going to be a fun one. Uh, The Utah and Oregon game. I think that's going to be a big test for Oregon. I I had a hard time looking and finding a sickos game because I, I I just drawn to all the, the fun matchups that we're going to have this weekend, Cincinnati and SMU. I mean, this is going to be Cincinnati's like, I think probably their last big test of the season to really make a name for themselves in the college football playoff rankings. But I think we're going to see a lot of movement in next week's rankings based on what happens this Saturday. All right, guys, I've got my game. Can I interest you all in, in noon Eastern? ESPN Plus, the 2-8 and eight South Florida Bulls are traveling to Yeoman Stadium to take on the 1-9 <laughs> Tulane Green Wave. Um, throw out the records when South Florida and Tulane get together, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I mean, throw out the records. There are going to be no fans there. Um I who am I? I'm told, Willie Fritz. Like, man, yeah, what, what the heck's going on there? Man, he and Seth Luttrell, like the two coaches that you know, and Jeff Scott too. I mean, Jeff Scott, like I, I still think Jeff Scott's a decent football coach, but South Florida is a. You can go back a couple of years ago to that Warren I four they had. I think it was like 2016, and there's a kick return that basically like there is a world where USF is what UCF is now. And it's flipped, and it really started kind of started in that war in I four years ago. Crazy kind of college ball whatever. But USF versus Tulane, they're just playing for pride. That one, uh, eleven a.m. Central Time, God's time, uh, at Yulin Stadium. All right, Stephen, plug your podcast and whatever else you'd like to TCU Corner, uh, your friend Dave's Twitter, whatever else. <laughs> Dave wants me to be more positive. I'd like to be more positive too, Dave. I'm at Simcox Steven on Twitter. The show is at Locked on TCU. A lot of coaching search talk. And I will say, I was I was championing the uh, championing the fire Jamie Dixon committee at the end of last season. Um, this TCU basketball team looks better this year. They took in a lot of transfers, only two games in, but we'll have plenty of coverage of that as well as uh, you know that seems to take shape as the season goes along. My Missouri Tigers lost the UMKC Kangaroos, or I guess they call themselves the Blues, by 20-plus points last night. So I'm not looking forward to college hoops right now. Uh, Jake, go ahead. You can follow me on Twitter at Jacob C. Hatch. Locked on Cougars on all social media platforms. Really simple to find. We've got Kalani Satake watch going on out here. So plenty in that regard. And BYU basketball, obviously, off to a decent start, too. John. Yeah, you can follow the show on Twitter at John9 or – me on Twitter at John Nine Williams. The show on Twitter at Locked On Sooners on YouTube as well. Uh, just search Locked On Sooners on YouTube. There's several lo- former Locked On Sooners accounts, so make sure you find the one with this face on it. Uh, yeah, we're we're looking forward to seeing how Lincoln Riley and the Oklahoma Sooners bounce back from a disappointing loss to Baylor against a tough Iowa State team. And uh, it's the Porter Mosier era in NCAA basketball for the Oklahoma Sooners. We've got the the Groves brothers with their excellent locks and incredible beards uh, taking the floor uh, at the Lincoln Noble Center. Um, before I plug my stuff, you kind of brought up a good point here. So there's somebody who is operating the Locked On Cyclones account right now. And when I asked them if they were part of the Locked On Podcast Network, they just didn't respond to me. Um, so take that as you will. Maybe avoid them potentially. I don't want to piss this person off. But, yeah, just just watch out for that. Imposter. Uh, <laughs> just fraud. Matt Campbell? Fraud. This guy's out here. Yeah. It, it, wow, Matt Campbell should get a, get a raise. It's like, you know, wow, what a great point. Liked by Matt Campbell. Unbelievable. 
Um, you can find me on Twitter at Josh Neighbors underscore. You can find the show at LO Big 12. You, uh, you can find the show itself, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever other podcasts. And then also you can find us on YouTube as well. Locked on Big 12. Subscribe, thumbs up, leave a comment. For some reason, my thing is locked on restricted mode, so I can't say anything mean back to you if you say, say something mean to me. So go ahead and do that. Gentlemen, I will see all of you all next week.